When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 4th. May it be with you. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Do you have PL Plus? You don't. What are you doing? Get out of here. This is just for PL Plus members. Thank you all so much for supporting the site. So we're going to talk about yesterday's starts. Tyler Molly won 3.1 innings, 4 and runs, 4 hits, 3 walks, and 2 Ks against the Brewers. Not fun here. Uh, long story short, no, you're not dropping him because he gets the Pirates twice in a row now. And I think it's worth your while to keep doing that. He's not pitching that badly. It's just... Uh, it's just not kind of going his way. Um, it is a TR that is a turnaround right away kind of guy. I think you just got to do it, and it stinks. But I think the reward is worth the risk of at least the Pirates the next two. Unfortunately, he has that going from. It's really bad through that. Like, yeah, we, then we just got to kind of drop Tyler Molly. On the other side of it, Carlos Carrasco rebounded in a big way in innings of zero and run, six hits, two walks, and five strikeouts, 17 whiffs along the way against Atlanta. I mean, look, this is what happened is I lowered him on the list on Monday because I saw Atlanta and the Phillies um, ahead. I saw a guy that was not really locked in with both his changeup and his slider. And I kind of assumed, all right, we we saw the bad start, and that was pretty much the confirmation of my fears. And now we have two tough matchups, and I think this isn't going to go well for him. So I'm, I'm more down on him than I would be other guys. But he's proven me wrong here, and something I really do want to note is this was a uh, righty lefty, so righty heavy lineup against Carrasco, which meant he leaned a lot on sliders instead of changeups, and the slider looked way better than the changeup did. I I don't know if he can really be a fastball slider guy for the most part. I mean, it's gonna have to be both the changeup and slider because that's just kind of how he works. You'll see more lefties moving forward. I uh, but Carrasco seems okay, and if you want to keep leaning against the fills, then fine, go ahead. I'm not gonna stop you there. Brad Keller won 6.1 innings, zero and runs, four hits, three walks, and two Ks against the Cardinals. That's a Vargas rule if you want to do it. I don't really think that Brad Keller is the stud or anything like that. He had a much better slider this time than the other one. But yeah, I'm not really going after Brad Keller. Um, Julio Arias, uh, Arias, I should say, six innings, zero and runs, four Ks against the Giants, four hits and two walks, as, uh, zero walks as well. Velocity is not quite there, but I don't know. Ar- Arias is still really good. He gets Ace is going to ace because of it. I pretty much said this entire tier in the teens are aces going to ace as long as their next start is worthy of it. This certainly is. And you just got to keep starting Urias and expect great outings moving forward. Sure, he's going to have a couple more bumps in the road and he's not going to be that top 10 guy likely. But yeah, he's still really good despite being at 92, 93 instead of 94. Humberto Castellanos went. Doesn't really matter. Whatever. Uh, Michael Waka against the Angels. 5.2 innings. Zero runs. Two Ks. He's allowed four total earned runs in five starts. If you want a Vargas rule, by all means, he gets the White Sox next, and they've been bad against uh, right-handers. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't really think that this is much to lean on with Michael Waka. Um, Christian Javier went against Seattle. We were wondering if this would be worth it or not, and it was. Five point one innings of zero and runs, but two hits, two walks, and four Ks with just six whips and a thirteen percent CSW. What? That's really, really, really weird. Uh, lots of foul balls on four seamers in this one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you just kind of start Christian Javier right now. 
Uh, Michael Kopech is a little scary to me. Uh, 85 pitches needed for just four innings of zero runs. Uh, four hits, two walks, and five Ks. His his fastball is not quite as elite as we were hoping it would be, especially when he came up in the majors. Um, you know, all the talks of like throwing 100 and everything like that. He's throwing 94, 95. And his slider went 1 for 15 CSWs. Curveball got a lot of strikes at 10 for 13 there. But I don't know. I don't want him to be like a fastball-dependent guy at 94, 95. It just doesn't seem right. So I think that Kopech could be figuring things out right now. But it does give me more worry that we won't quite get there um, from Kopech and some disaster will strike. Um, I kind of have this idea of him being like a six-inning dominant pitcher. And Kopech quite isn't doing that. Um, Scott F. Ross, it was a bullpen game against the White Sox. Uh, Eric Faye, don't trust the feds. I don't care if it was inside Colorado and he did well for one errand run in seven innings. Don't care. Alec Winnell against the Yankees has an ace is going to ace label now. Congratulations. Six innings, pitch one earned run, seven strikeouts. He allowed a home run to judge them. It was a really fun at bat. Um, definitely go watch that one. I put out the video of Manoa today on YouTube. So check it out later in the afternoon. Uh, but yeah, he's he's great. It makes us feel dope. <laughs> Uh, there's some signs maybe of regression, of course, with like an 85, sorry, 95% left on base rate and uh, a near 200 bat. Sure, but he's not going to be a sub two ERA guy. So seriously, he's he's fantastic. Jameson Tyne was on the other side of him. Really impressive with a uh, six inning one and run the performance matching Alec Manoa. Five had zero walks in four Ks. I think of him really as a Toby. His, his kitchen sink approach doesn't really do enough when it comes to overwhelming batters. And I think he's just trying to get weak contact as much as he can. I think he survived here against the Jays. He pitched well. Like, he didn't make a ton of mistakes. But it's just not the kind of guy that I'm going to be chasing a lot. Maybe it can be, you know, like that Marcus Stroman kind of tier. But, uh, like, Merrill Kelly. He does get the Jays today. We got him yesterday. He survived. And he gets him again. So, that's why he was lower on the list in the 90s. I can see myself putting him back in the 70s next week. And he just kind of sits there for the rest of the year. That's fine with me. Uh, Chris Flexen, uh, five innings, one and run. I mean, if one of Argus will listen, think he's going to be a Toby again. This was against the the Astros, by all means. I don't want to do it. I think it's going to fall out and it's going to be rough. Um, Joe Ryan against the Orioles did not do the things that we want him to do. His command was just worse in this one. But you're going to keep starting him. Bruce Zimmerman was the stream pick of the day, and it worked out. Five innings of 200 runs. Six base runners, 4Ks. Yay! All right. I uh, guess the Royals next. Maybe that can stick around again. Uh, we'll see. Um, it's not really something I want to chase. I don't think he was going to end up in, like, the 70s of the list or something like that. Probably around the 90s, but cool for right now. Carlos Rodon wasn't his overwhelming ace self, but three you know three strikeouts, but still 200 runs in six innings against the Dodgers. Sub one whip. Sweet. <laughs> uh, no Syndergaard survived the Red Sox. Five, seven innings pitch of three and runs, eight hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. He's kind of a Toby now. Um, it's weird. He doesn't really have a major whiff pitch. And I I think that's okay. Like, you're going to keep starting him. He hasn't really hurt you thus far. I mean, this isn't the best whip and the best ERA, but you're okay with it, I think. You're, like, you don't, you're not necessarily okay with the line, but you're okay with where you stand with Syndergaard. You just keep starting him until it actually, you know, the bottom falls out. Uh, Kyle Wright's command wasn't as bad as last time, but still not pristine. Three Ks, 300 runs, 10 base runners, seven innings against the Mets. Uh, lots of curveballs for strikes, but I think two hittable. Same with the sinker. And four seamers had its moments. But yeah, I mean, you just keep starting Kyle Wright. I don't think he's actually the guy we saw in the very beginning, especially that six-inning game against the Marlins. But he's still good, and that's what's what matters. Uh, Dakota Hudson against the Royals 
VVVPQS with 11 base runners and 300 runs in six innings. Yep, that's Dakota Hudson. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, ace is going to ace with 18 whiffs and 39% CSW. That's a golden goal. 5.2 innings, though, of 300 run ball. But he had 12 strikeouts. I, I think all your concerns about Woodruff should be gone at this point. It's, it's yeah, it, it, he's back. Ranger Suarez against the Rangers. He's not his 2021 self, but I don't really think that he's actually his 2022 self. That is, I think he's going to be somewhere in between for the rest of the year. He allowed a two-run shot off of Mitch Garver. And, you know, it was pretty much fine after that. <laughs> uh, five innings, 300 runs, six hits, two walks, three Ks. Don't expect greatness. He's a Toby. And that's what, yeah, and that's fine, I guess. <laughs> uh, David Peterson, uh, he showed up for the doubleheader against Atlanta. Did well, save for a home run later in the game. But, you know, it once he's, uh, once he gets his chances again, I think we're going to be looking at David Peterson's slider went nine for seven for 19 on whiffs, which is pretty dang cool. Paul Blackburn is a Toby and went against the Rays and didn't have a good night. That's just going to happen. John Gray returned from the IL, three innings, 300 runs, three Ks. His slider went zero for 16 CSW, not whiffs, CSW. So, yeah, not thrilled about his next start against the Yankees. I think at some point this is uh, going to work itself out. But, yeah, you're going to have to wait like two weeks probably. Um, same goes really, I think, for Charlie Morin and Trevor Rogers. We watched Trevor Rogers this morning on the Twitch stream. Uh, and I would say he's someone where he's just kind of not quite there. His velocity, I didn't realize when I was writing the roundup last night, really dropped as the line as the game went on. It was like 95 to 97 in the first two innings. And then by the time the third arrived, then he was sitting 92 to 94. That is something I think that changes over time. Uh, he works out those kinks of stamina and adrenaline and figuring out like how to be smooth 94, 95 through the game. And then uh, for the com- command, I think that's just throw more innings. Trevor Rogers will make the tweak he needs to do. Uh, it's kind of same with Charlie Morton. He did this last year too. And it, there's a much better sense of, yeah, he's going to figure this out. There is some concern about the horizontal movement of his curveball, but I, I, I think, it, you know, we see this every year. We see guys always recover. Charlie Morton did last year uh, in about two weeks worth uh, relative to the start of the year. After six starts, I think it was. And then Trevor Rogers, I think we just keep powering through this. Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks, if it's still not there, we concern more. We have more concern maybe if like every single start's the same old, same old, just nothing. But yeah, I, I got to believe that these guys will uh, turn around. It's only been, what, three weeks <laughs> of full baseball, almost four. There's a lot more of the season left. Um, it's like, what, 15, 17% of the season done? I feel like there's just, I don't know. You can't give up on them now. All right. I, Ryan Yarbrough, not worth it against the Athletics. 2.1 innings, 500 runs. Yeah, you kind of were hoping for more. But at the same time, we didn't really expect his pitch count to be high. So maybe he turns into something that we care about later on. Mar Marquez, if you're rostering him, good luck. <laughs> 700 runs against the Nationals and cores. I mean, you never will know when he performs well. So if you want to play that game, go ahead. I'm not going to uh, endorse it. Uh, looking forward to today. Uh, we went over it yesterday in yesterday's podcast, and but some things did shift around today. Um, so let's talk about that. Freddy Peralta, Giolito, Verlander, Montes, Wheeler, McGill. All the same stuff from yesterday. Uh, Cortez, Jr., Gore, Bradish, Wood, still same stuff. Those, that's the second tier there. 
uh, where Bradish is the stream pick of the day. I can imagine some people want to go with Eliezer and the questionable start in instead. I kind of think that Bradish is honestly a decent floor here against the Twins. You know, we just saw Zerman do fine against them, and Bradish has better stuff, I think, than Bruce Zerman. So I would be going with this one. And League's just picking him up. Hopefully he does really well, and then you feel like you have someone solid here moving forward. Um, keep in mind, Shoei Otani is going tomorrow instead of today, so that means Reed Detmers is going today against Boston. He's in that big questionable start tier right above Brash, Whitlock, Bundy, and Gonsolin, but he's below actually a lot of solid options of Mike Clevenger and Ian Anderson, uh, Eliezer Hernandez, Madison Bumgarner, Corey Kluber, and Kyle Wainwright, and Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Kyle Wainwright, oh my god. Adam Wainwright and Kyle Hendricks. Clevenger is going today because it was a rainout uh, yesterday. We have some double headers as well. Nothing really to note. Um, but it does mean also Pineda is going today and that do not start here. But Alex Fayeto is going against Pittsburgh and I don't want to start this. I don't want to go for it. It's a double header. So it's not really worth the pick. I mean, just kind of watch from afar and just take note of it for when it happens later. But yeah, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. There's nothing really too, too much to go over that wasn't yesterday's podcast. Um, but I, good luck. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting Cortez Jr. and Alex Wood against their tough matchups because I think they're just good enough to be able to do it. Um, but what we do on Wednesdays is we look at the roster ship on Yahoo and I just kind of say like, hey, I think this guy's too rostered or hey, I think this guy isn't rostered enough. So I'm just going to be scrolling through and seeing anything that I think is ridiculous and at the very top, everything looks obviously okay. Uh, the first one that sticks out for me as being maybe a little too rostered and held on to so tightly um, could be Framber Valdez at 91% roster ship. But I'm not dropping him typically, but I just see him above guys like, I don't know, uh, Zach Gallen and Tyler McGill and Kyle Wright and uh, Joe Ryan and so on and so forth. And I feel like, yeah, he should be rostered above. He shouldn't be rostered above those guys. Um, Nothing else is really sticking out uh, so much up here. Uh, I see Ranger Suarez at 71% and Cal Gibson there too. Those guys are Tobies, and you should be chasing some other things like I see saying Zuzozardo's underneath it, shockingly. Uh, so it, it could also be guys that just were drafted inside the top 200, auto-picked a lot, and you know those teams haven't been monitored. But yeah, I think that's a little too high. Same with Tilton Bundy, still at 63%. What's going on there? Marquez, we just talked about this, but 64% is way too high. Uh, Granky and Kyle Quantrill, Mer Merrill Kelly, all Tobies. I get it. They're around 55% and 60%. Paul Blackburn's really high at 55. Same with Drew Rasmussen. I'm a little shocked at that. I, uh, but I guess they both have done well and you're going to keep holding them for now. Paul Blackburn, I don't really think you need to. Uh, Tanner Houck is out of the rotation and he's at 54%. So something to think about there. Uh, and I see the likes of... Tony Gonsolin at 44%. Chad Cool at 43%. Everyone wants to take a chance on that one? I mean, all right. Let's 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 see how this goes. Uh, he gets the Diamondbacks next, so I totally am for it. Uh, Taiwan Walker at 40%. Aaron Savali at 39 is too high. Walker at 40% is a bit high for me as well. Uh, but hopefully, you know, that one pans out. I think I'm going to shift now to who is under-rostered. Because these are just your typical Tobies, I think, at this point. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez at 14%. Michael Lorenzen at 12 is an absolute shocker to me. Uh, it might be because like some leagues have him as an RP still or something like that. I don't know. I mean, he just went so undrafted and it's not really a name, but he should be rostered in more teams than 12%. Um, as I've talked about before, it's really, I think the important part here is understanding who could be jumping up into higher roster ship pretty soon. 
Eliezer could have this good start against Arizona and get more love. Adrian Hauser might be getting more love for the Cincinnati start tomorrow. Uh, and that might be something for you to consider at 16% rostered. Tyler Anderson is a Toby, 16%. could be rising. Same with 17% Cole Irvin. Uh, we still have low amounts, I imagine, for Cal Bradish. I mean, uh, I can't even see him here. I imagine he's pretty low rostered. And I'd be adding that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, nothing too much. Reed Detmers at 7%. Should grow with time. I believe in it. Um, and then uh, Daniel Lynch is at 9%. There has been have been some signs with that slider. That could mean that he gets more attention soon. Aaron Ashby is at 11 because he's on the rotation. But when he does get in there com- comfortably, you will see that rise. Ronzi Contreras is at 4%. And he is going to start likely for Saturday's doubleheader. Uh, but it is just a doubleheader. So I don't know if he's, he's going to stick around for that. But you might want to pick him up for that one. It's against the Reds. I would consider picking up Ronzi Contreras for the Reds and wait until the Pirates say, yes, we're going to not keep him around because the Pirates don't have all these amazing options and he should be starting regularly for them. I Otherwise, I mean, not too many other things stick out. Jacob Junis is going to get another chance, I think, pretty soon. Uh, and he's only at 2% rostered right now. If he does get those chances, that changeup looks so filthy. And I was encouraging him to... Throw it more, so maybe he will, uh, and really lean in on that change up moving forward. Um, otherwise, I mean, Glenn Otto, Ross Stripling are at 3% each. I don't really think you need to be chasing them. Glenn Otto's situation is a little muddy now with John Gray coming back, and Ross Stripling shouldn't be too long for the rotation with Ryu returning shortly. But otherwise, I don't really see many others to chase at the moment. Uh, yeah, just get Calibratish. Is the other one. So Ronzi and Kyle Bradish are the two that I'm like, yes, go and do that. Monitor Reed Detmers. But that's going to do it for today. Uh, so I hope this helped you guys out a little bit. I'll be back tomorrow going over the entire weekend starts. But that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.